When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Thursday, October 12th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the uh, Dodgers are out of the playoffs. They've won exactly the same number of postseason games this year as the Guardians did. Uh, shocking, surprising, the Diamondbacks came out and uh, and eliminated them. Uh, we've got a, a great series going on in Philadelphia. Uh, the the Twins have been eliminated by the uh, the Astros. The uh, the Major League Baseball postseason uh, hit a hit a high note last night. I think uh, was a, a lot of fun to watch those games. Oh yeah, definitely, Joe. Uh, you know the, the Phillies uh, take a two one lead over uh, over uh, Atlanta. Another you know uh, a, a team that you know, another hundred win team. Um, you know, Bryce Harper hits two home runs. The Phillies hit six total in a 10 to two win. And then, uh, you know, uh, Arizona, uh, you know, a team that won 84 games during the regular season eliminates the Dodgers, um, four to two in, in three straight. Um, and a Dodger team that won a hundred games and, uh, they, they did it with four home runs four consecutive home runs in the third inning. The first time that's ever happened in the postseason, Joe. Yeah. Uh, the, the theme here and, uh, what we, what we learned by watching, uh, these two games and pretty much, uh, all of the postseason games up until this point is, uh, the teams that can hit home runs are the teams that are going to advance. And the, it's, uh, it, it really is sort of, uh, um, confounding to guardians fans sitting at home watching this. Uh, as to you know how their team hasn't been constructed to 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 hit home runs like this because uh, you, you and I were talking you know when they've when they have had success over the last year uh, in that wild card uh, series against uh, Tampa Bay last year it was Jose Ramirez hitting a big home run in Game One and Oscar Gonzalez hitting a, a big home run in, in Game Two and then they go on to the the division series and and lose to New York. Uh, after getting out homered by the Yankees. Yeah, you know, Joe, uh, that's a cautionary tale to Cleveland. You know, they finished second last in the big leagues in home runs two years ago, dead last this year. If you don't hit the ball out of the park and you get to the postseason and you're fortunate enough to get to the postseason, you're not going to advance. So uh, just looking at each series uh, as as it's uh, going on right now, I guess the uh, the most intriguing one is this uh, Atlanta and Philly series because, uh, you know, the other night in uh, Atlanta, the, the Braves come up with this big, exciting, thrilling uh, walk-off sort of defensive play, the, the double play that, that gets Bryce Harper doubled off of first. Uh, Michael Harris makes the, the incredible catch, and uh, Bryce Harper can't get back to first base. Uh, and apparently uh, Orlando Arcia, uh, the shortstop for the the Braves after the game 
uh, could be overheard uh, with a, you know, a, a message that that wasn't intended to get back to Bryce Harper. Uh, but because of the, uh, you know, the, the increased media and uh, reporters around. And uh, I think, uh, you know, if you want something that you say in the locker room to, to say, stay in the locker room, you better not do it when reporters are around. Uh, this is what happens. Uh, the word got back to Bryce Harper and, and last night uh, was the result of it. Yeah. I guess you don't mess with uh, Bryce Harper. <laughs> he takes things personally. And Joe, this guy is on fire, man. He's like hit what eight home runs in the postseason since uh, coming to the Phillies. And they hit two more last night, a big three run homer. And that place, all you got to do is kind of, if you hit a three run homer, at, at uh, Citizens Bank Park in the postseason, and you play for the Phillies. I mean, they'll build, they'll build a statue for you right there. And, you know, that's such a momentum turner. And it just, uh, you know, the, the Braves had no chance, no chance yeah. in that game. Yeah, uh, this is why you go out and you sign a guy like a Bryce Harper to a, uh, a 10-year, $300 million contract. This is why you pay a superstar, you know, that kind of money is to to hit home runs for you and carry you at this point in the postseason, uh, he is he is doing exactly what they they brought him in to do, and uh, really sort of uh, it has taken on the the personality and the persona of that of that city and and those fans. It's uh, it's been it's been really exciting to watch uh, for sure. Uh, two tweets uh, that I saw about uh, Bryce Harper last night uh, really sort of stood out uh, to me. One was uh, from a a Yankees fan who who said. You know, hey, uh, you know, the guy who grew up a uh, a Yankees fan and, and <laughs> expressed the uh, the desire to to, to sort of want to play for this team when he was a free agent. You guys didn't even interview him. You didn't even uh, you bring him in and offer him a, a chance, maybe because at the time, uh, you know, you had Judge, you had Stanton, you had everything else going on uh, and you kind of still do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was a, a big mistake. Uh, the Yankees fans are, are lamenting now the fact that. You know, maybe uh, if if you didn't want him to play first base or, you know, right field, you, you could have made it work. You could have figured something out to to bring Bryce Harper in, uh, you know, all those years ago. And um, uh, maybe that uh, is, is something that they regret. Uh, the other one I saw was from Chris Bassett, a uh, pitcher for the uh, the Blue Jays, who, who posted something to the effect of, hey, you know, uh, pitchers re- uh, really love it when position players on their own team <laughs> – say something that pisses off the superstar on the other team. They really like that. So, uh, you know, that, that sort of uh, jumped out at me. It's like, don't, don't give Bryce Harper, don't give these guys uh, a reason or an excuse to be, uh, to, to, to switch, to, to flip on that switch and, and go, you know, psycho mode in the, in the postseason. Yeah, what's the old uh, saying from World War Two? Loose lips sink ships. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah, you better, or, and, and, mouth, you better keep your mouth shut. <laughs> or or just don't poke the bear. I mean, that's yeah. the, the ultimate poking of the bear. And and to be fair, you know, a guy like Bryce Harper really doesn't uh, he doesn't need something like that to to make him a better player or anything. But the great ones like like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan looks for any and every perceived slight or any sort of reason why he can he can focus and, and hyper fixate on, uh, you know, something like that to 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 elevate his game, to make him, uh, you know, even more cutthroat. And, and that's what we're seeing out of Bryce Harper right now. He's he's turning into 
like peak petty level cutthroat killer Michael Jordan. That's that's what he is right now. Yeah, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, this is one of those rare instances where one of those 13 13 year, $300 million contracts is working out, Joe. I mean, right now he's worth every cent of that. You know, we saw it in, uh, you know, we've seen it go backwards. So we've seen deals like that go backwards so many times, but this is, uh, this is the guy, this is the rare uh, breed, the rare guy that's worth it. I mean, he's already won an MVP with Philly. You know, he came back from the Tommy John surgery this year, uh, to, uh, you know, put him on the brink of getting back to, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, what the NLCS, right? I mean, so yeah. he's, he's and eliminating the best team in baseball. That's, yeah. That's I mean that, you know, this is, this is why, you know, those investments are risky, but when you get one that pays off, you know, it's worth its weight in gold. Well, a couple of things you said there. Yeah. I, you know, you almost forget that he missed a, a good chunk of this season you know, he's still coming back from Tommy John surgery. He's playing first base because his his left arm is not, you know, sound. I, I mean, it, it's sound, but it's 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 still you're you're just uh, amazing to me that in the back of your mind, you're not still thinking, hey, I could I could blow my arm out anytime, you know, coming off of the surgery. Uh, I it's it's impressive that he's doing it like that. We saw him his first games back this year were in Cleveland. And if you remember, you know, he was out there making a difference at first base in in his first professional games there, diving into photo bays and, you know, doing that kind of That's stuff. Uh, it's it's been it's been impressive uh, to, to see. Uh, here's here's something that, you know, just off the top of my head is, is he a Hall of Famer? Do you think, you know, if the, if he takes Philly to the to the World Series uh, again and, you know, maybe there's a chance, it, depending on who comes out of the National League. Uh, you know, if I'm uh, out of the American League, if he uh, if he gets Philly uh, a ring, is he a, is he a Hall of Famer? He's a two time MVP, like you said. Yeah, I mean, he's he's on the right path, Joe. I don't you know, I'm I, you know, he's played a long. I mean, this kid was on what he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was like 15 years old, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. Like he was yeah. like the best player in the country then. And he's only gotten better. You know, sometimes those kids, kids like that flame out, you know, and you never hear from them again. But, you know, Harper has just uh, continued to play, continued to produce. So, yeah, I, I would think he's probably, you know, a borderline Hall of Famer right now. All right. want to remind our listeners uh, about subtext, our subscription text service. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, log on and uh, sign up for that. It's $3.99 a month, uh, especially during this offseason with the managerial search going on for the Guardians. Uh, it's a good time to, to sign up and, and get updates from Hoinsey and me. Uh, it's, uh, if you go to, to cleveland.com slash subtext or send a text message to uh, 216 Two zero eight four three four six. You can get signed up there. Uh, a lot of great stuff, great information uh, coming through that way uh, for our subtext subscribers. Hoinsey, speaking of the uh, Guardians manager search, uh, I, I guess we can cross an, another name off the list. Uh, did we did we talk about this already? Uh, Will Venable, uh, the uh, you know one of the assistants for uh, Texas has expressed that, you know, maybe he's uh, going to be sticking around uh, for the Rangers uh, at, at this point next season. Yeah, Joe, the associate manager, uh, Will Venable of uh, 
you know, the Texas Rangers, the five and O Texas Rangers, and that have, you know, they've reached the, uh, <clears throat> the ALCS with the sweep of, um, you know, sweep of the, the, who'd they sweep? Uh, they swept, yeah, they swept, uh, Tampa Bay and Baltimore. <clears throat> and he has said, uh, you know, he's, you know, kind of a hot candidate, you know, obviously Cleveland has been interested, and, uh, you know, a hot candidate with uh, the other opening, the other teams looking for managers, the Giants and uh, the Angels um, and the Mets. And he has kind of taken himself off the market, according to John Morosi from MLB Network, said that he's staying with Texas. So that was an interesting, interesting development. He was a uh, college teammate of uh, Mike Chernoff, Cleveland's GM at Princeton. So, you know, there was a, you know, a kind of an obvious connection there. Yeah. And, and the more of those candidates that, uh, you know, we, we keep hearing about and, you know, uh, guys who don't have major league managerial experience yet, but are, are sort of in that pipeline and are the, the assistant coaches and the bench coaches uh, like, uh, like Venable, uh, you know, I guess he's an associate head coach, not a, they have a bench coach, but he's a, an associate bench coach or a head coach. Uh, uh, you know, that's sort of a different kind of position. I, I don't know if I've ever heard of something like that in, in Major League Baseball, but, uh, you know, maybe they're, they they realize that, that Bruce Bochy is a, a guy who, you know, if he wins one, he's, he's probably going to step away after that because, you know, he's already retired once. Uh, and, and maybe uh, Venable sees an opportunity there in the next year or so to, to sort of take over for Bochy if, uh, if, if things, and, and certainly the, uh, uh, the, the, the job from an offensive perspective is, uh, is a lot, uh, you know, has, has a, a lot more prospects than, uh, than Cleveland would, uh, if you've got hitters there under contract for, you know, up to, you know, $350 million, it's, uh, a little bit of a, a different payroll situation as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that's why you, uh, you know, cast a wide net if you're a Chernoff and you're Antonetti. You know, if one fish gets away, you've always got a, a couple more in the net. So, uh, you know, I think uh, if Venable is indeed off the market, um, we have no reason to doubt he isn't. Um, you know, you move on. You move on to your next candidate. And, uh, you know, they've got a bunch of them. Uh, you know, they've been interviewing a lot of uh, internal candidates, you know, I, you know, internal candidates and, and guys that are, you know, just kind of their teams have have been, uh, you know, kind of eliminated from the postseason. And, uh, you know, so, well, you know, on it goes and uh, we'll see how that that works out. You know, we've heard, uh, you know, the, obviously Sandy Alomar declined to, to interview the first base coach. Um, we also heard uh, Mike Sarbaugh, the third base coach, will not interview um, and, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure just from all indications that I'm getting that, uh, John McDonald, the uh, minor league field coordinator for Cleveland has, is on there, uh, is on the list or has, has perhaps has already, uh, interviewed. So, you know, those are some names that are in the mix right now or out of the mix and in the mix, I should say. And, uh, you know, so, so we'll see how this evolves, Joe. It's just, I think it's going to be an interesting process. Boy, Johnny Mack would be uh, would be an interesting candidate in terms of just the the comfort level that everybody in the organization would already have uh, with a guy who you know I I don't think you could you could walk around the ballpark or anywhere uh, in the organization and and hear a, a negative word about the guy uh, Johnny Mack just probably one of the nicest uh, you know guys you know and uh, you would ever meet in baseball and uh, you know certainly there there would be a, a high level of comfort. 
with the, the the clubhouse there uh, if Johnny Mack were the guy. Yeah, you know, I, this is a guy that, you know, really kind of a, a, a mid-round pick, you know, kind of made himself a big leaguer. He, he stuck around for 16 years, Joe, as a utility wow. infielder. I mean, he played 16 years in the big leagues. This is a guy that, you know, played all over with great glove, you know, not 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 necessarily a big offensive player, but, you know, he made himself valuable. And those guys, you know, if you're as smart as Johnny Mack, you, you pick up stuff along the way. And, you know, he's been uh, he's been with the organization for I think he joined him as a, you know, minor league as a special assistant uh, in maybe 2015. He's been the, the defensive coordinator. Now he's a minor league coordinator. So you're right, Joe. He knows all these guys, all these young players. Uh, he's never managed before, as far as I know, you know, so, but, uh, you know, I don't think that's a requirement. You know, we've heard that from Antonetti and, and uh, Chernoff that, yes, uh, you know, they, they, you know, they're considering, ma- uh, you know, experienced managers and guys that haven't managed. They want to get a, a, as wide a variety of, uh, you know, knowledge that they can. I just remember watching John McDonald and watching him play defense and, uh, he, he was every bit as exciting at times as, uh, you know, guys like Omar Vizquel, guys like Estrubo Cabrera who played that position. And, uh, you know, he could do things that you wouldn't, you know, walking up to him on the street, you wouldn't expect him uh, to, to be the kind of magician that he was with the glove. And uh, just uh, a lot of fun memories of, of watching John McDonald play, play the infield in Cleveland and, uh, you know, Toronto and other places that he went. So. Uh, would be uh, would be interesting uh, to man. I would look forward to every uh, every pre and post game interview with John McDonald. That would be a lot of fun uh, to to deal with as as well. So uh, you know, great with the uh, the latest on the, the the managerial search. We'll keep an eye uh, on that. Uh, probably not be a lot weekend uh, on, but we'll keep ear to the pavement uh, regarding uh, the managerial search. I wanted to, to to finish up today just uh, bringing up uh, a, a discussion, a debate that we've been seeing on the broadcasts and, uh, you know, on uh, online, on social uh, over the last uh, couple of days, uh, particularly with uh, guys like Sonny Gray on the mound for the Twins uh, and uh, other guys who have been throwing this pitch uh, pretty much uh, throughout this season. And it, it isn't often that you you develop or that you see the the emergence of a new pitch or a new uh, a new way of throwing a pitch that uh, you know is uh, widely adopted across the league and it's like uh, you know last year we we didn't hear anything about a sweeper and now this year it, it, it sweeper is now a uh, a pitch that a lot of different guys are throwing you're seeing a lot more of it uh, it's essentially a, a slider that breaks a, a lot more than a traditional slider does. It's not as sharp, but it has a lot of, uh, you know, horizontal movement uh, as opposed to a traditional slider. And uh, there was a, a, a big discussion because uh, old school guys really don't want to, they just sort of laugh and snicker and say, oh, it's just, you're calling it a sweeper, but it's really just a slider. Why don't you just call it a slider? I've, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to reinvent the wheel here. Uh, what's the difference? And uh, you've got pitchers out there and you've got guys coming out, analysts coming out and saying, no, it's it's a different pitch. It's something it's something that there there's new. It's it, you you've got your fastball, your changeup, your curveball, your slider, your sinker, your cutter, 
those are the traditional like pitches that that you, you see a lot of. Uh, now you you've got to be uh, be aware of a sweeper, and uh, I think uh, you know there's two schools here. The old the old school guys don't want to you know admit that uh, that this is something new, and the new school guys want to say, hey, you know, uh, get with the times and sort of adapt. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, I I I kind of I became aware of the sweeper like in midseason. I I didn't know what people were talking about, and uh, you know, it is like I guess like you said, a slider that breaks a little more. I remember asking uh, Terry Francona about it, and he kind of just shook his head and laughed, and he said, uh, you know, him and Carl have been ta- Carl Willis had talked about it, and uh, you know, it was, whatever it was, it was working, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I guess uh, who was the, the, the one Japanese pitcher that came over um, uh, with the gyro ball? Remember that? <laughs> I never it, knew. Uh, Daisuke uh, Matsusaka. Yeah, yeah. Daisuke. Yeah, Daisuke. Yeah. And uh, he had the gyro ball. And, you know, that, that was a mystery pitch. So everybody's always coming up with different things. Yeah. And, and I guess uh, this is. Maybe it's a, a, a an anomaly here of the the Statcast era because you know maybe people have been throwing sweepers for years and years and we just didn't know how to classify it or we couldn't classify it differently from uh, a sinker or I'm sorry from a from a slider uh, because we didn't have the technology to do so. Now we can actually measure the amount of break and the amount of movement on these pitches. Uh, and we can say, look, when when this guy throws a, a sweeper, it's breaking this much X, Y or, or you know, however many uh, you know inches of, of break on it. Uh, when he throws a traditional slider, it only breaks this this far. So you can have two different classifications. It, it, I think the the amount of break here and being able to measure that with Statcast is is what the difference is. And, you know, they might have been throwing sweepers as, as far back as, you know, who knows, in the in, in the, the 20s and 30s. But uh, you just couldn't classify it as anything different. Yeah. And, and I think it. I was listening on the radio, uh, you know, there was a coach on there talking about the sweeper. And he said a lot of it has to do with, you know, obviously the grip on the, on, on the ball and they kind of widen, you know, the traditional slider grip and really kind of you know, put a lot of emphasis on the pointer finger, you, you know, the, mm-hmm. your first finger when pitchers throw that. And, and that's what gets the sweep or the movement on, on the pitch. Right. And, and if I, I'd love to hear about it from a, a hitter's perspective and what they're seeing and, and what it's doing to them as well, because, you know, uh, it, if, if it's, if you're looking for the spin, if you're, if you're hunting, you know, a, a pitch like that and, you're expecting a certain amount of break and it's giving you even more than that. You know, if this is a new development or if this is something that you've always seen and now you're just being, you're, you're just able to classify it a little bit uh, differently and a little more accurately. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's been fun to, to sort of, you know, going back to, uh, to Twitter and, and watching, uh, you know, people have these sort of snarky debates back and forth. Hey, I'm a, uh, I'm an analyst who's saying, you know, I've got X number of years experience and I'm seeing, uh, you know, sweepers are, are this and, and people are saying, oh, no, 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 that's just a slider. No, I'm here to tell you it's a it's a sweeper. It's a different pitch. You know, Sonny Gray will will go to his his grave uh, insisting it's a different pitch that he's throwing. So uh, you, you've kind of got to listen to the guys on the mound and the guys who've been out there and 
you know, you know, sort of take that into account. I think it's a, it's a, it's an interesting debate and one that we'll uh, we'll follow definitely into next year. Uh, are there are there guardians that throw those uh, those sweepers? I don't I don't really think uh, I don't think they have uh, anybody who relies heavily on it. Yeah, I, I don't know, Joe. That's a great point. You know, I would think a guy like Sandlin who gets so much movement on that slider, you know, or the uh, that that I think uh, he w- he might throw the sweeper. He might you know mix a couple in there or be experimenting with it. Maybe a I, maybe a Logan Allen or somebody like that would throw it. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. But I, I could tell you one former Guardian who absolutely I'm sure has it in his bag and and will bust it out. It's probably his seventh pitch now. It's Aaron Savali probably has a a, a sweeper. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Or if not, he's he's developing it during the off season. You can bet on that for sure. <laughs> All right, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we will check in with you on the next show. All right, Joe. 